Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Every day, your loyal compatriots are watching bad movies from the 80s, 90s, and sometimes 70s and 2000s. This week, they're watching Starship Troopers. Would you like to know more? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Only the Patreon knows it took three tries to get that right. (laughs) Long time coming on this one, but... Kind of makes sense, much like us finally talking about Event Horizon, we do have an anniversary with this bad boy, Starship Troopers, 1997, 25-year anniversary, man, how the time flies. Just like a bug. I'm getting old. This unlocked a really weird memory that I am, I'm feeling comfortable enough talking about with you guys, but this was, I was 12 years old, watching this movie at sleepovers. And we were at that prime age where, and God, I hope that I'm not alone in this story because this could go really weird. But it was around that time where you're like, kind of like, yo, does everybody's penis do this thing that happens when you're watching Naked Ladies? And like, you, and you kind of like, 
examine each other a little bit. Like it was a weird, like this movie brings up like weird self-discovery about your sex organs to me. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't certainly don't have the same experience, but at the same <laughs> not time, this one. I no, not this particular one. But I also like that's not. I mean, but not with Starship Troopers. I should say, like, it's like it's one of those things where it's like you learn about it in sex ed, but then you're like, you got to check in with your buddy. You're like, are you sh-? like, does it? <laughs> so they, I got, you know, I got to interject two things. One, the only thing I learned about if it's is- not your dick, I don't want to hear about it, Scott. <laughs> it is. Don't worry. <laughs> The only there, there's only one thing I learned about in sex ed, and it was crabs. All right, pubic <laughs> lice is the only thing that I took away from sex ed in elementary school. Oh, I'm so Second sorry. thing about my penis is the fact that it, and this is actually very interesting, and I gotta get serious with you guys. And I feel like after seven years on this podcast, it now is the best time to talk about it. I am uncircumcised, and I was teased mercilessly for it. I, I was called headless horseman, which is ironic because my 10-year-long metal band and, you know, after I got out of college was called Ichabod Crane. For the uninitiated, when you are uncircumcised, you have this thing called foreskin and it typically does not retract unless you are either aroused or you pull it back yourself. So my friends, friends, let's put it in quotation marks, called me the Headless Horseman because they couldn't see my frenulum. They're not good frenulums if they, they don't accept are... you for who you are. Oh, oh, I am J. Jonah Jameson comic book meme right now. Like, that is, oh, get me, fix the Scott Rogers frenulum. We're going to talk about dicks. If you're listening to this and you have a baby that you have not circumcised, good on you. Don't do it. Anyway. On to to Starship Troopers. Um, I never showed my dick to anyone else while watching Starship Troopers. That was other movies with boobies in. So I want to talk about, we we should eventually get into Starship Troopers now that we're done (laughs) the dick portion of the show. I don't know. What do you think they do on spaceships, man? With Starship Troopers, I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but I remember that there was a lot of reports when this came out of parents taking their kids to the movie thinking that it was going to be like another Star Wars movie and <laughs> leaving mid-movie when they found out that they were very incorrect is what this movie was. Is falls hysterical. Off. My God. Yeah, like, and in those parents' defense, right, like while this was an R-rated movie, if you rewatch the trailers that came out for Starship Troopers, it did not in any way imply the sex the violence or the like way deeper meta satire comments. Oh yeah. <laughs> so throughout. Yeah, I will <laughs> even say that like, so I didn't see it in theaters or I had caught it on, you know, some, like Cinemax or something, right. Or like Showtime, whatever channel, yeah. you know, name it. And it was on there at some point. And I fell into it thinking that it was like a sci-fi channel movie. And it's, it's not just the trailer. It's really like, if you catch a part where it's not ultra violent or not, like, you know, there's no nudity or anything like that. If you catch yourself in any other part of it, it does play that way. Like yeah. it does like it does not play like anything extreme until it all of a sudden turns. And then once I realized that there was a co-ed shower scene, any time that it was like after 11 o'clock at night and I was scoping through ch- like and it was on, I was just hoping I would fall into that scene. I was just praying that I would just turn on Starship Troopers and I would be somewhere near the scene. This is the first time I watched the movie in whole, like in full. So Kyle, side note, you just telling that story reminded me of a TikTok that I laughed at and then Mm -hmm. didn't know who I could possibly share it with. And I probably should have just thought, 
horror movie night. I'm around. But it was growing up in the 90s, falling asleep on the couch in the 90s was awkward. And it's like a dude sleeping on the couch. And all of a sudden, the HBO logo kicks on. And then it's the beginning of real sex. And yes. like he like opens his eye and he like looks around and like he starts to make a movement. And then it's like you hear a door open in another room and he throws the blanket over his head and pretends to be asleep again. Oh, my God. The, 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 that's, <laughs> you know, it's happy. I'm so happy to know that that was not just a Kyle move. <laughs> anybody any man anybody anybody any yeah let's just say any dude who had normalized male shame yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um remember that part in eternal sunshine when joel has to go into his shame and it's basically him masturbating in his bed yeah that's yeah, mm-hmm, that's... yeah. but I, I didn't grow up with cables so i never got to do the hbo like after dark or the skin to max thing so i had a really rough childhood yeah no that's <laughs> tough. Was, things were I, hard. I was gonna say i never really got i i'm i kind of missed real sex but Man, I was there just in time for like taxi cab confessions or whatever that shit was. Which I never fully understood as a kid. <laughs> no, I didn't quite see, get it. I knew that I was, there might be nudity, but there might not be. Yeah, I was like, I, I feel like this it. is supposed to be sexier than it actually is. Yeah. Like, I even understand. as a kid, I'm like, they're just kind of talking about stuff. I was like, this isn't Cash Cab. <laughs> <laughs> I think your idea of Cash Cab might have gone a little bit later into the Bang Bus era. Transportation and sex is weird. We kind of kind of moved past a bombshell which is starting to become less of a bombshell every week but this was your first time watching starship troopers from front to back i i think so i think okay. so i've seen a few things front to back on starship troopers but not the whole movie it's hard i think there's there's gaps in it it's hard that must have been it's hard there's a lot happening here for starship troopers and me no i think that this might have been the like the first all the way through. I must have seen most of this it. This was a regular sleepover movie for me. Yeah. Like, this that was a sense. frequent. Yeah. This is it was too like uncomfortable to this... watch as a sleepover movie for me. Oh, man. It was this, Scream, Frighteners. Like, those were, like, mm. the go-to horror mm-hmm. movies. And then I'll save the other one for a double feature. Because when I say it, it's completely out of the realm of all the other ones. Know that those were the other three movies <laughs> <laughs> that were in regular rotation before I say the fourth one at Perfect. the closer to the end of the episode. Have either of you actually read the Starship Troopers book? Yeah. Book <laughs> fucking blows. The book is well, the actual book is pro-war, pro-war propaganda. War. Yeah. yeah. Starship Troopers was the first book that I read in LA because I, I had bought it so to sorry. read on the plane. But what I found really interesting about the book Starship Troopers is that it's, like you said, it is pro-war propaganda, but it's also weirdly a faithful, ad- like the movie's weirdly like a faithful adaptation to it in the sense that like all the the story beats and dialogue are there. It's just the tone in which it's delivered changes dramatically it's like a when you put tone. Yeah, where well, you put Verhoeven in, involved. Of, yeah, and, half of well, Verhoeven read the book and was like, "This yeah. is bullshit. I'm going to make fun of it." And he was laughing his ass off all the way to the bank because this movie was a fucking hit. There are two main differences. One, they have exoskeletons. In, they're they're not just an armor; they're an exoskeletal armor, which is fucking cool. That is the best part of the book. The most boring ass part of the book is literally all the parts that they kept relatively similar in the movie, where Ironside is talking about like the theory behind warfare. They keep, I mean, all of that. That's all the book is. Fifty percent of the book is that. Um, it's super dry, and it's more of like a pamphlet about someone who is saying like the cold war is good is really fucking wild it's a really it's a really off-putting i i read it the one time and then i'm pretty sure i just gave it to like a local book store that was taking used copies i think that this movie is really crazy in and i 
it gets pushed even further because as a as a kid watching this, I didn't pick up on what is incredibly clear now that by the end of this movie, Neil Patrick Harris is a full-blown Nazi doctor. Like, <laughs> I he mean, is he's like, wearing black and red. Come on. Way over my head. I did not fucking get it until now. But like as a 12-year-old, that was not clicking in my head. But I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, also the <laughs> oldest one of the three of us. So like, yeah. I, I, I will give you guys some grace on that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Scott. There's a lot that you could break down about that because in a weird way, he's also the most likable character when they're in high school. And I feel like it says a lot about like how quickly someone can be compromised in a like overly militarized mm -hmm. landscape. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. oh, when they introduce him as high school, he's just yeah. kind of like the cool nerdy guy doing like, you know, weird card game tricks with his friends and has a pet ferret and whatever. And then like a couple years in this like hyper militarized lifestyle. And he's just like, yeah, we're going to fucking experiment on that goddamn bug. Like, you know, it, you're it, like, Oh so, God, it, like the, the, the funny thing about that is that he went from just being a boy to being a very proud one. Yes. <laughs> that he yeah. did. That he did. And, well and you know what also is the, the, the most fucked up part of the end of this movie is the fact that the, the fashy scientists are raping the brain bug. Yeah. They never explain why the bugs are doing what they're doing. And, and the explanation just feels like it's crazy happenstance. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it's just this creature that sometimes is on a meteorite that hits places right and they're turning it into like this i like i this is the first time i really walked away from and thought oh these bugs don't even realize they're in a war like they're yeah, just being they're bugs. bugs they're just <laughs> yeah. doing their thing yeah but they're also not idiots like because they can figure out like there is a brain bug that is figuring yeah. out why it's happening too so it's like yeah. they they are I mean, retaliating in defense, but also trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, which is yeah. all any of us are asking of fascists. Like, why are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> hey, like, uh, what? progressives that listen to our show, please tell your progressive friends to listen to our show because we're going to be losing some fascists. But the, the, the crazy thing is that while this movie others the enemy, right? It also does this thing where it, kind of shines the mirror it turns the mirror back on the military industrial complex where all of the stupid bugs all the bugs that are just quote-unquote following orders which is like notification of the other blah blah you know they are just following orders and they're stupid and it's okay they're cannon fodder right it's okay to kill them but then when you get the brain bug who's making decisions that's like the goal and so like think about it like upper leadership in any military they're the ones that are actually making decisions and they don't care because they're not actually killing anybody with their with their weapons or their bare hands they're not on the front lines they're the ones that are like trying to make and i'm saying this firmly tongue-in-cheek logical decisions about murder and that's yeah. exactly what the brain bug's doing and so it's it's this movie is so prescient i love and hate how prescient this movie is because we're in a fucking proxy war right now. We've been in proxy wars my entire adult life in the Middle East. It never changes. And that's the frustrating part about life in general. I think it, this we're one. very good at killing each other. So paralleled with with Rico and his whole trajectory, Rico's body count is like the second to the the bugs. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, and that's only in, of course, in retaliation. Like Rico's body count of all of his 
all the people around him, he kills so fucking many. <laughs> and but he's climbing the military ladder as well. So it's like he you see glimpses of his humanity, but not much. He literally pulls the fucking insect leg out of Dizzy, right? Dizzy, mm-hmm. Dizzy? Yeah. Dizzy. And, and and says don't die on me. And it's like you've been taught like that killing is all you can do. Football and then killing. That was literally yeah. all you can do. But that's it's also that pipeline. You know, like yes. that's not super fleshed out in this movie. No, um, no but... not no, not because we're supposed to like somehow connect a little bit with Rico well, or like enough with Rico because he's the protagonist. I but don't I know. at all. <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> connection. But when when you're watching this at twelve, you know that something feels off about mm-hmm. this film, but like you don't, you can't like really articulate it. Right, and then like. Yeah. As you're into college and you learn more about like geopolitical stuff and the way that things work, and then you watch this movie back, and like the idea of like the only way you are considered a citizen of the place that you live in is that you have to serve in the you military. You only get full rights to, to get full kill. citizenship rights, is like it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And it's only tied together with the eulogy. It's tied yeah. to like that, like, cause there's inklings of that. They, I mean, they obviously push that. It's not even inklings. It's very clear in the propaganda, but I didn't get what you're saying, Matt, until the eulogy where he's like, but most of all, she was a citizen. It's like, most of all, she was a citizen. Yeah. Like you went to high school, which I can't, can't believe that they were in high school at any point. In, oh, those in are the most 26 year old, 18 year old. Most far part of this fucking months. movie is that they're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but but like to your point it's like that is the whole thing and then rico is the one giving the eulogy so he is completely we're watching him be completely brainwashed by the propaganda mm-hmm. yeah. in order to to do that and um, the propaganda is great oh, the propaganda God, in this movie is so brilliant. good because it's hilarious and horrifying simultaneously the propaganda is easier to see is satire and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, if Idiocracy was th- this good at satire, that movie would be a classic. As it is, right. it's only a classic because of the concept. I have quoted, I probably quote the propaganda more than anything in this movie. Beyond, between just the, do part. you want to know more? <laughs> the, the only good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> Like, like just the the interview segments. Yes, the scene where the kids are just stomping on the bugs, and he's like, "They're doing their part." Like, and this—that's again—that's so... the Cold War propaganda because the kids are yeah. literally dressed like it's fifties. Like the little girls wearing like a like a yellow dress or something like that. It's 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 so great to to see the detail that they put into yeah. that propaganda because it's so perfectly criticizing the source material while still being, like you said oddly faithful in a way it's just this is a very special film i think that this movie yeah. is just untouchable it's never and i can't be believe they good. got over to like i can't believe they got away with doing it for two hours <laughs> you yeah. know over two hours and i've never been bored feel watching it. two hours nope. dude it, it never has felt two hours to me when it i doesn't. watch this movie it doesn't feel two hours at all because it moves it does it hits those beats it has those breaks from reality i want to talk about a scene that i don't know why when I think of Star, like when you think of Starship Troopers, I feel like the normal person or no, thinks about no. either <laughs> the sexy co-ed bathroom scenes, or no. No, or they think about like <laughs> they think about like the different ways that you see people get killed by these bugs, right? Right. For whatever reason, the scene that has lived rent-free in my brain since I saw this movie as a kid 
is when they get the care package delivery. Jake Busey gets that like that fluorescent violin and they're like just kind of having like a weird party. And like there's a whole bunch of reasons why that pops in my head. Like there's a just like it's kind of this weird genuinely happy moment of them having a good time like in the middle of just nonstop chaos so it feels really out of place you get the like dizzy rico hookup sequence but also there's a line of dialogue that i have quoted so much from that scene which is a random soldier just walks up to rico and goes hey rico you kill bugs good. <laughs> yeah. And then they just keep moving. How <laughs> many how many songs do you love that has that sampled in it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the funny thing about that scene is that that scene exists in every World War II movie ever yeah. made. Let's talk about some quotes. <laughs> I got one for you guys. Let's 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 bring it back around. The number one quote from this movie for me is not one that we've discussed yet. It's when Rico's dad goes, you want to see the galaxy? Because um, <laughs> there's a song by a phenomenal band called Protest the Hero where they just toss that in for no fucking reason. And I remember <laughs> hearing that song for the first time. It must have been 2006, 2007. And being like, they said the thing they did. You know, like I, I've, I lost my shit because I mean, this movie is so deeply ingrained in my brain that uh, there was no like, what's that from? You know, it's just immediate. Because this was my really first walk, walk through, watch through. I only had the don't die on me, uh, which I had already <laughs> said earlier. But was he said something about, uh, do you want to live forever? Right. And I do yeah. remember, I mean, every like I would say more than half the times I caught this on TV I do remember that, or at least I've heard yeah. it elsewhere. Jeremy in... Ironside has so many great lines in this, though. Yeah. When, and then Rico repeats it, though, towards the yes. end. Yes. Right? Yes. He, yes. He, he, that's, the, on, that's the one I remember most, yeah. is Rico exclaming it. I can't remember if it was within propaganda. It's like the last line of the movie. It's almost, close to, it's <laughs> close to the, it's like before the ad, or the before the propaganda, but like leading into it. Like they just captured that bug and they're showing the type of like leadership that Rico has to like lead them out into the world and do, you know, and they're going to like live forever. Speaking of living forever, uh, cause I have no other segue. Um, <laughs> if you're watching the video, Kyle, you got a can in your hand. What's oh, going yeah. on oh it's, there? it's empty now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gesturing. This is super not from New England brewery. This is my, this is my, uh, this is, uh, my roughneck. Uh, of a can. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. 
there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Matt, you know, you, you got to tell us, you know, it's, it's time for double features. I gave a lead. I'm going to I'm going to pass for now only because I gave this big lead in to no, like this wacky listen, double feature that I had. You're too nice about this. Just well, no, 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 no. own I your power. This, no, no. I had this wacky lead in. But then I realized that I also wrote down something else <laughs> that would be equally a good double feature. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me see if someone else takes this equally good double feature before I go. So go ahead, Scott. You you take the lead on that. Oh, man. I'm going to be real short and sweet like my stature. Um, I just rewatched Pacific Rim on HBO Max, and it's a perfect double feature for this movie. That movie yep. is stupid as fuck, but I love monsters. And so those kind of, I actually turned to Megan. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, Pacific Rim is on HBO Max. And she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I'm actually going to watch it. And she's like, Okay, you know, like, it's just like, why are you watching a movie again? You know, you right. turn, it's it's a turn your brain off movie because the laws of physics do not exist in that film. <laughs> that was cool when we had that weird like two years where kaiju kaiju movies were just like back baby. Well, you know, I think that that movie was great, but let's not f- forget how bad the sequel was. No, no, no. And look, I'm not saying that it was that they were all quality movies. I was just excited that we were getting like mainstream Hollywood kaiju movies oh, for yeah. no explainable reason. Yeah. Kyle, what was your double feature? Mars Attacks. Ooh. Um, I think I that like it. we Yeah, I think that like the I think the the military humor, uh, for lack of a better term, or like the 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 view of the military is so it just matches so well. And yeah. I think it's like it, this one, you know, I, I think we were you had said something, Matt, about, I don't know, you said something that made me think about how comic book-y Starship Troopers is at points, and I think that Mars Attacks obviously is is that, too. It's a fun B, I think it would be a fun B picture to Starship Troopers. Okay, so 12-year-old sleepover, it would have been like Starship Troopers, Scream, Frighteners, and then for no real reason, Adam Sandler's The Wedding Singer would always find its way into the regular sleepover I rotation. It. I get it. It's got like that nostalgia feel. And I genuinely believe Drew Barrymore has never looked hotter than she looks in The Wedding Singer. Like that was that was probably my first as much as I say Christina Ricci was my first like celebrity crush because as like a ten year old, I loved her and Casper. Casper. Yeah, I remember watching the Wedding Singer in theaters and being like, "Who is that?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was that girl from Firestarter. Gertie, yeah, Gertie. Like, oh, sorry, much better reference. Thank you. Yeah. The actual double feature, the actual proper answer, is connected 
by a woman who we didn't even mention once while talking about oh, this. Oh, no. And yeah. That's Den- and that's Denise Richards. I'm doing a De- Denise Richards double feature and popping in Tammy and the T-Rex right after I finish <laughs> watching yes! Starship Troopers. I thought you were going wild things and really going whole hog on your hog. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody, I guess, a quick question, and this would be a big ask or a big uh, endeavor, but has anybody, like, ranked how often a movie has been picked as a double feature? Like, has anybody ranked? Oh, man, we Because I know that you and I have even just in my short, short tenure on here have both said Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy would, and the T-Rex has gotten picked a lot. I would love um, to Alligator know has most. gotten picked a whole okay. bunch. A lot like, of alligators. There's definitely a few. I picked TCM2 there, and Prom Night 2 a lot. Yeah. Debra Party Massacre well, yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if any listeners want to want to go oh, through, oh dear God, no, I would never make them do that. Organize that. I have no desire to to do. <laughs> no, that I, I, I would. Somebody love has somebody asked to tell us. Tell me the answer. I don't. We got an, do it. We get an email one time. I was like, can you guys also make a list? Because like I have that that spreadsheet of every episode with links oh, that we've ever done. Did and somebody ask asked for all the double for, like, features. A list one of double time. features yeah. and what we watched. And I was like, ha, no. <laughs> Mentioning emails, great time to remind people that hey episode 350 is just around the corner and after that we're going to add another segment to the show where we read an email from a listener so start getting those emails into us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com literally anything ask us a question tell us a funny story i've got a couple that have literally been sitting in our inbox since the last mailbox episode we did Four years ago. Oh my God, it's been four so, years. Let's, let's get some fresher ideas in there. But is there anything else we need to talk about before we, need to, we wrap we up? We need to there's... talk about what we watched. And I believe we're doing a group, what did we watch, correct? A group, what did we watch? I unfortunately watched like three movies that I fucking loved back to back to back this week. So I will give them shout outs after we do this main conversation. Do those first and then let's talk about okay. what we all watched. Yeah. Trying to watch all the Best Picture nominees. Uh, saw that Nightmare Alley was added to Hulu. That probably won't win, but I really want it to win. Um, Scott, you might like it. Uh, it's kind of long because it's an Oscar-nominated movie. It's Del Toro. It's a period piece in the 30s. It takes place at a circus. And it's a film noir murder mystery. <laughs> um, yeah. so I've been told to watch it, and I, I refuse. I, it's a drama. Yeah, I'm not watching it. it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not that. I would say it's just a throwback to film noir more than drama. But yeah, it's fun. Turning Red, absolutely loved it. Probably the forerunner for my favorite film this year. Uh, Pixar's newest one uh, that's basically Teen Wolf. It's about periods, essentially. And man... Man, are the conservatives upset about that. So Anything if, to be upset. If you just want a reason to piss off a conservative, check out some Turn in Red this week. Man, we are just on, uh... losing listenership this week. <laughs> <laughs> if Look. anybody is like upset that a period exists in the world, like you've been like <laughs> You had your chance to get out yeah. of this world uh, yeah. because you're they're sitting, not going away. Yeah, if you're um, sitting there and you're like, the only periods I recognize are at the ends of sentences, then like you but can then get you the end hell it with out an exclamation here. point. Like you yeah. fuck up your whole, <laughs> you fuck up your whole purpose. But yeah, those are the those are the two main ones that I that I wanted to give. I'm excited uh, props to see Turning to. Red. And then I I think I mentioned it in the Facebook group, but. Uh, currently, the Batman is the best horror film of the year. It's really fucking good, and I am shocked at how much I liked it. All right, let's talk. Unless anyone else says anything else, let's talk fresh. Yeah. All right, and and yeah, listeners, yeah. if you have not watched it yet, it is streaming on Hulu. I would I would recommend it, but with caveats. What about you guys? I think it's a cool movie that bit off more than it could chew. Ooh, nice. 
Yeah, I think it's worth a watch. It's hard uh, to swallow, right? I, it's, yeah, it's a little. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot for. It was a lot for me to chew. It did on. not need to be almost two hours. Yeah, it did no. not need to be close to two hours. No. I thought for sure that it was a ninety-minute movie before I even Would've been hit better play. as a ninety-minute movie. Yeah. Well, I and, did, and you know what? I had to because I had to stop, but I thought at some point to to go do dad duties. But I yeah. thought that I was done. Like I thought that yeah. I was done. And then when I paused it to go do the shit that I had to do, I was like, 40 minutes left? Yes. And like the story didn't like, you know, I mean, I thought that we could have wrapped it up in 10. Maybe I had yeah. 10 left, but 40 you know was where a lot it's more going. than I expected. You know, yeah. at, some like, point the... it, at some point you do. Yeah, you really do. And it's like, I don't to know. To be fair, it's a 90 minute movie after the credits start. That doesn't matter. <laughs> the, okay, so that is the best thing about this movie is that the credits roll at the 30 minute mark 33 minutes, 33 minutes. I, 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 I was impressed to see i was floored <laughs> i mean i liked that but at the same time so i watched it alone like on a saturday morning or something like that i was like laying in bed megan was still asleep and so i watched it alone because i didn't think she would like it because i thought it was gonna be super gory i thought that it was gonna be like a stomach turner like raw it was shockingly tame it was so <laughs> fucking tame and after like because i read two reviews of it and they were like don't eat and I was like, okay, it's going to be like raw, but it's got Sebastian Stan, so I'll watch it. And it was like the tamest movie I've watched in years. Yeah. It's tamest quote-unquote horror movie. It's like a thriller. Like to me, it's just a thriller I, movie. I mean, to throw back to what I literally just was talking about, I felt more discomfort watching some of the scenes of the Batman than I felt watching any second of Fresh. And I don't think that yeah. that's doing it any favors because no. it's trying to be edgy and it's trying to say something but I don't think that I just felt like they were standing on the edge of what they really should have done Wanted and they didn't do yeah. any of it. And and no. so it was actually a really frustrating watch. The second half it was super frustrating because there are a lot of themes that were fantastic, like white women being part of the misogynistic culture that choose literally choose up and spits out women that could have been a great thing like talking about poc women of color and how they are kind of just a footnote in this story and then like how even the black man is like fuck this i'm out i've seen this movie and there are so many pieces of commentary that could have been done and in 90 minutes. And they had 120, and they didn't touch on yeah. any of them. And I also, like, I, yeah. they, Sebastian Stan's character would have been so much better. I get that he's supposed to be like this irredeemable cannibal, you know, like, but also a likable irredeemable cannibal. And we've yeah. seen that before. I was so underwhelmed by the second half of this yeah. film. When there are but moments <laughs> in this movie that I love. When yeah. he's dancing around to obsession while like tenderizing the meat, I was like, "This the is only gore the whole movie. movie should be," you know? Yeah, like this is like this is so what the tone of this should be. Yeah. That, but but like I don't know. I think that there was some missed opportunities. I think that there was a a very in my brain what was a very clear twist that never happened, which is like, and I'm curious, were either one of you convinced that? Penny was just going to be the wife fucking with her on the other side of that wall the whole time because like I had a thought that actually never came never came to me see no. to me I'm like watching it I'm like she keeps like giggling about like weird things which I get mm -hmm. is like when you've been in a traumatic situation you're just like pulling it but I was like I was like I think it would be an interesting twist dark ending whatever you want where like they go back to save this person who is you know the they walk in and Michelle recognizes her as the wife 
And well, it would have actually been better if there was nobody in the room, and if they would have, yeah. if they could have gotten out, if they hadn't have gone and they to try and save and the got other trapped people. Again also, something. her best friend yeah. Molly. Or that's what I meant. I think I said Melissa. It doesn't yeah, matter. Molly. It's but but so Molly. So in that dinner scene when they're eating breast meat, and she's laughing. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's Molly's boob, right? Yeah. Because, she does, I, because she's holding I'm, her I'm chest when they're fighting. Yes. I'm, yeah. I, that, I mean, and I, I like, I, I was watching, um, I was reading some comments um, about people talking about it on TikTok, and I was like, pretty sure that these people miss the fact that that's Molly's boob. But Right. And know. if it was supposed to be, like, you know, one of those things where it's like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. It's like, it's totally missed that because the character doesn't even, there's no, there's no intention in that at all. So it's yeah, like, it's if like it was supposed away. to be Molly's boob, there's no... And like the whole movie is winks and nods, and I can't believe that there's no fucking wink and nod. To, like, yeah. which is the problem that I have with, with it myself is that it doesn't feel dangerous. Like the whole yes, movie it's is so talking sterile. about this, this. The whole movie's talking about this big picture thing, and it's like I got I got all the beats. Like I, I felt like I understood exactly what they're going for, and I agree. Like I'm like you're talking about like systemic things societal mm-hmm. things you're yeah. talking about these issues that i have with how things are happening in this world uh that i'm like i absolutely want to be there for it but actually the obsession mm-hmm. dance was my least favorite part of the movie because i'm like really? yeah well so like in theory i loved it i was like it's shot great it's fun like all this stuff yeah, it is a very it pretty took, movie it took away yeah and it's like i realized that the director mimi cave is a comes from a music video background so there's a lot of really fun uh and interesting visuals uh like i I like the i like that dance scene i like the last dance scene where they're dancing together noah Mm -hmm. and um brandon or brandon slash steve steve Steve, um but but i felt like it undercut everything that it was trying to say like for me you know like let me let me throw something really wild out there. Yeah. I think that one of the faults of this movie was honestly trying to be an original concept, right? I think you take what it's trying to say in this movie and just do a remake of Motel Hell with that additional information <laughs> and I think oh, you yeah. have a better movie. Yeah. Like I I genuinely <laughs> yeah. do. Like I think that like cuz like when you're thinking about movies that should get remade and Look, yes. we're a motel hell loving podcast here, mm-hmm. but you we should remake movies. <laughs> you you should remake movies that were like almost there, right? Yep. Like they like all of the pieces were there, but there was just something missing. Mm-hmm. And like Motel Hell has it's does so much right, but there's so many tonal issues yes. in that movie where it can't decide if it's a straight up horror movie or a sat satirical comedy and i feel like it, you they just both take... have the same problem that's what you're getting at is that they yeah. both neither of them take the step to be dangerous One or the other. in like a commentary way yeah they're both very and i safe. have never so so i have not seen this movie yet i want i've been wanting to see it i i literally have zero reason to have not seen it kyle i feel like you're the most likely to have seen. have you ever seen gravy i think it was called from like 2014 no it was written and directed by the star of Psych, who's like a massive horror fan. And I believe it's another like cannibal horror film. But like from what I hear of that one, it leans into the gross aspect of it. Like it's still a satirical comedy, but it's like, no, like you're making a cannibal movie. People yeah. should be sickened <laughs> while watching it. Yeah. But it's like even Ravenous 
was more unsettling to watch mm-hmm. from like a cannibal side of things than yeah. this movie was. I, I feel like I feel like we are talking about it as <laughs> go figure horror fans. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's put out there for the person who wants to like elevated horror but can't totally like it feels like 101 mm. if or like you know 201 like it feels like a an intro course to the things that we strive for the things an that, appetizer like, that we, perhaps an appetizer <laughs> that's right <laughs> and the things that we've come to discover within the genre mm. as political or extreme or like thing we we know that the genre says those things and i think that like Movies like, you know, we're talking like movies like Get Out or... Oh, it has know, so other. much. It owes so much to it's Get Out. trying to... Yeah. But, but it's like... But it's also like Hulu needs to have one of those of its own. And mm-hmm. it knows that, you know, it has Adam McKay as the producer. And it's like Adam McKay... Like he... I don't know if it's him or if it's Hulu or if it's just too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, oh, man. We are so full this, of references. This is great. Me. This is great. But it's some, something happens for me that it just feels so watered down it feels i don't know it just doesn't do it for me but it doesn't mean that it, like i don't think that it's a bad movie it's something that i would recommend i've already recommended it to a couple people to watch but it's like yeah, it's not without caveats I, I don't even give them the caveats yeah, to recommend we're, it uh, we're you know? coming down hard on this movie like it's the worst film of the year and it, it's oh no no it. far oh, from i'm so it. sorry it's, i don't mean it's to that sound it like could that have been all. so much more yeah. it, it, it's it's more it's that fun we, though it's we like, want yeah. it to love it i want it i want to love this movie the hype yeah the hype was too much that to me is what i'm thinking of as Scott has beautifully labeled them before, accidental cannibal movies. Cannibal like, whoopsies. Cannibal whoopsies. Like, I, And I think that that is what Motel Hell does right, is that it it is really funny and satirical, and it is also really gross and horrifying, but but like finding that right blend is, is difficult. Dude, you're saying, like, because then, like, I feel like it would take it a step further because now we're talking about blue collar absolutely cannibalizing, even cannibalizing women and society. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, like, this rich motherfucker is part of the problem. Like, yeah, like, I get that. But, like, if we just talk about on, like, a like a regular, like, middle class, lower class, like, blue collar level, it's happening here. So yeah. it's not like it's not so beyond us where you have to go to the secluded fucking weird mansion prison in the hills to like see this happening. And we yeah. also didn't touch on this like on the real satanic goat part like label of the whole thing at all. Like yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. Again, there, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm, too I'm many... talking about my only problems with it and not my like excitement it's... about it. It, it. it is fun. There are moments that I really like. The moments that I said bothered me, I didn't mean I didn't like them. I just, I'm looking at it as a whole. And it is very pretty. And the, uh, like, I love the whole cast. I love the Lauren Ashley Carter, like, looking <laughs> mashup. She was Lauren Ashley Carter and, like, Dakota Johnson, like, mixed together. Yeah. Um, it's, I think I think if I could sum up what all of us are saying is, like, there is a four-star, 90-minute version of this movie inside of this three-star, two-hour version of this movie. Like, I can accept like that. It's like yeah. just a couple changes and edits and tweet. Like, it's not so bad that it's like... like Anybody who says that this is the worst film that came out this year like is has watched two movies this year. Yeah. But like... Yeah. But like, it's... 
anyone who tells you it's the best movie they've seen this year has watched one movie this year. So like it's it's a perfect middle of the ground, yeah. middle average movie, but it could have been it could have been something more. But then also like gotta sell it Sebastian Stan, all wow. of the performances in this are great. Really like, good. Like it's the direction is good. The, the it's written wonderfully. Acting, like it's, the, yeah, the dialogue it, stuff is fantastic. Yeah, just, there's just a a few things that stayed too long and a few things that just didn't connect mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. But yeah. all in all, pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> we got that out of our system. Uh, I mean, <laughs> do you want a podcast forever? Probably not. So that was our episode on Starship Troopers from 1997, which actually doubled as a in-streaming-now fresh review. We'll be back next week with even more Horror Movie Night. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.